0: hello everybody thanks for tuning into the pod welcome back to crunch time with keegan and the boys i'm joined today by tanner dislin and sam gotsy and i am your host this episode will feature us picking a few games a pickums punishment and us breaking down our favorite stadium foods and beverages and more here on crunch time we're going to get into winners and losers of the episode as per usual. And the winner of the episode is someone who is going to be saying goodbye to sports, at least in the fashion that we've seen him in sports for the last 18 years. And Sam, who would that be? Who is our winner of the episode?
1: It's got to be Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger beat the Browns 26-14 to in a walk-off last home game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Had 123 yards, one touchdown. And not only that, but he pushed uh, the Steelers um, to make the playoffs this weekend in a game we'll talk about later against the Ravens. And the best part about it was he had the chance to walk off the field for final time with his loved ones right by his
0: side. Yeah, it was a really cool moment. I mean, talking about the game itself. The game was kind of trash, (laughs) like just in terms of the product on the field, right? (laughs) The product on the field was not good, but Ben Roethlisberger did it in classic Ben way throwing for 46 times. So Mike Tomlin let him go out in a classic big Ben way. It wasn't quite Kobe fashion. Uh, You know, like you said, Sam, only throwing for one ton uh, and 123 yards. Forty-six pass attempts, hundred twenty-three yards. That is that is Big Ben style that we've seen, that uh-huh. we've seen in the last few years. What was so cool about this game? What happened afterwards? Big Ben walked around the stadium, high-fiving fans. You know, around the stadium on the front row. You know, I'm sure that means great things for the COVID protocol in uh, the <laughs> Pittsburgh. But it was just so cool to see him interact with fans after high-fiving a bunch of fans. He went into the tunnel and then came back out of the tunnel. Cause he's like, nah, I, I can't, I don't want to end this night. This is, is too great of a night. I don't want to say goodbye. We're close to finally saying goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger, whether they do make do or don't make the playoffs. We'll see this weekend, but what a career it's been for Ben Roethlisberger and it's now coming to an end.
2: You can see what it means to the, to the city of Pittsburgh and, and completely deserved uh, from his play on the football field. Uh, he was he was one of the better ones to to do it in Pittsburgh. He had the resume to show for it, and uh, they recognized him as such.
0: Yeah, and it marks the end of that fantastic quarterback draft class where you had Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. So one heck of a draft class, and its influences finally saying goodbye many years afterwards, nearly two decades because i believe they were part of the 2004 draft class our loser of the episode that has to be a field that almost attacked a player this last week tander who's our loser of the episode
2: i mean I, i'm pretty sure you could have said that our loser is you could just say a field that had a malfunction and everyone would know that you're talking about fedex field in Washington, D.C. The the home of the Washington football team, soon to be something else. But this is just the latest instance of a, like I said, a malfunction that could cause great harm to spectators and players. And this happened on on Sunday after the Eagles handled the Washington football team while Jalen Hurts was leaving. And and some Eagles fans were kind of right by the tunnel, tried to lean over, talk to to Hurts a little bit, maybe get a high five. And in doing so, the railing completely collapsed and included about five or six people falling into the tunnel. A, we're lucky it wasn't a a higher up railing, and we're lucky that nobody was underneath and and got hit by the falling railing maybe in the head. I don't know. So again, just the latest instance of, of a malfunction that really could have caused injury at FedEx field. And that is really something that, that needs to be addressed because God forbid anyone gets hurt due to that sort of negligence. It would be very tragic and, and, and not even to mention from an owner's standpoint to speak their language, just the amount of, of money it would cost in, in lawsuit and, and damages. So if, if not for, for the good of, of your human soul, but it is uh, Dan Snyder. So I don't know <laughs> how, how that will appeal. Yeah. Do it for your own good for the financial aspect of it, but it's a problem. It really is a problem.
0: Just like to look at some of the other things that have just happened this season with FedEx field, there have been pipes bursting over fans and not just any pipes, but carrying sewage, feces. sewage pipes, <laughs> carrying feces, breaking open, spewing onto fans, not once, but twice this, this year. So it speaks to Jalen hurts and who he is as a, as a human being, As as a young leader, uh, he wrote a letter to the NFL saying, "Like, hey, what are we gonna do about this? Because this field has been a problem. This railing can be a massive problem for the health of not only the players walking by, anyone walking by, whether it be staff for the field, staff for any of the teams, but also just for the fans. They're trying to enjoy the game. Also, just asking questions, taking what hurts is raising questions and taking that a little bit." further when will the NFL finally force Dan Snyder out of the league they've been filled with allegations ever since he's been there when will FedEx finally ask to remove their name from that hellhole of a stadium because I mean when FedEx field is synonymous with either bad football play or all of these things that have been going on this past year with Pipes bursting and now injured fans, and what could have been an injured quarterback. But FedEx Field flopping. I mean, what's new? I don't think we're naming anything from FedEx Field for this next segment, but we will be talking about more stadiums, but the good ones, or at least the great foods and beverages that these stadiums can offer and forgive me five. We're going to be talking about the best stadium foods and beverages, some of the best products that these stadiums can give us. So Sam, we're going to start with you your top five stadium foods and beverages.
1: Yeah. So number five, uh, can't go wrong with a nice cold beer on the game day. <laughs> uh, my preferred beer is a Bush latte uh, for my Iowans out there. <laughs> um, number four, Hot dog, nothing better, honestly. Wrapped in tinfoil, probably been sitting out there for like three hours. Nathan's but baby. It's the best. Number three, um, I got cheese curds from Camp Randall um, in Madison, mm. Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin is kind of known for their cheese, and I don't know what they do, but these cheese curds <laughs> are the best I've ever had.
0: Yeah, there's number something. Two. There's something different right. about cheese products from Wisconsin. There's it's fried cheese. cheese. I mean, it's, it's good like, to it, be. It. It's fried cheese. Uh-huh. And then you <laughs>
2: take the best cheese there is and then fry it. Yeah, I this is exactly. what we get. Heart <laughs> attack is what we get. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and then number two um, from Carver Hawkeye Arena here in the Iowa City, I have the Carver Cone uh, twist between vanilla and chocolate. Just. If you go to Carver Hawkeye, you got to get one. It's kind of an unspoken rule there. Um, and then number one, I have the Cowboy Rita at at and Stadium. It is a mixture between a lime margarita and a strawberry margarita in a custom Cowboys cup. And it's just fantastic. So those are my top five.
2: So some would say it's a strawberry lime margarita. You could how say much, that. I, I, I'm <laughs> just curious. In a, a a margarita in in a custom custom cup,
1: how much does that run? Fifteen dollars.
0: <laughs> uh, that's, that's actually not as bad as I expected. I expected yeah, does, over so twenty. Did you say it comes in? It comes in a cowboy helmet, or like how does it come to you? It comes in
1: like a long glass plastic. Oh, uh, uh, you're one of cup. those guys walking around holding
2: just this long stick of a, <laughs> yes. of a cup.
0: I uh, am. <laughs> I say, sounds delish though.
1: And then I went, I got it during COVID when like it was limited, so I didn't feel like wearing a mask, so I had like three of them. It was a great time.
2: You are the problem, anyway. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That is a great list for me. At number five, I'm gonna start off in Boston. Born and food. at Fenway Park, the New England Clam Chowder, um, I, I have for, for those who, who don't know, I, I tend to like to travel to many ballparks as possible. Right now, uh, I'm sitting at 20 of the 30 stadiums I have been to. And when I went to I, when I go, I, I like to try kind of the, the local food. And with the exception of Cincinnati, I think that looks absolutely gross. Skyline Chili, I can't do it But in, <laughs> in, in Boston. The New England Clam Chowder at, at the ballpark sounds a little bit suspect, but it was really good. And uh, I, I got to just enjoy a taste of Boston. So, so that's what I got sliding in at number five. At number four at American Family Life Field, previously known as Miller Park. And when I had these, they, it was known as Miller Park. But the Ultimate Wisconsin Cheese Fries. They are a plate of fries mixed with cheese curds, mixed with cheese sauce on top, bacon, and that's pretty much it and what else do you need i mean it's it's fries cheese curds cheese and bake. Uh, and if you think i mean cheese curds are good enough for a heart attack but this is like <laughs> this is an expedited heart attack
0: okay this is this is this is a heart attack this is diabetes this is this is everything they'll get your cholesterol high oh like yep I'm, I'm looking forward to hear the rest of your list because like you said you've been around to a ton of places so this is a great list already the fact that this is at four I'm ashamed of my list <laughs> seeing, seeing this list, but continue number three.
2: And at number three, it is a Philly staple, the Philly cheesesteak. This one was at Citizens Bank Park where the Philadelphia Phillies play. It's it's an authentic Philly cheesesteak with the cheese whiz. You can choose the cheese whiz or the American cheese. I've had both. I personally kind of prefer the cheese whiz, but again, what else can you say? Authentic Philly cheesesteak, some of the best you can get right at Citizens Bank Park. And then at number two and number one, I kind of have a a taste of home and where I grew up with, and, and that is at City Field, of course, because let's go Mets. Number two, I have the City Field Shake Shack. I know it's not unique to to City Field. Shake Shack is kind of a chain, but God, growing up, the line was always super long at at City Field, and during the seventh inning stretch, the line would die down. So me and a couple of buddies who would go to Mets games all the time, as soon as they hit the seventh inning stretch, we would look at each other and. and it's like time for Shake Shack. And we go down and, and get our Shake Shack. And it, it was it was just a tradition. And the, the line is always long. And, and for those of you who frequent City Field, you know that 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 Shake Shack is the place to be. However, there is one place I go to more frequently than Shake Shack, and that is the Pat Lafritis Filet Sandwich, uh, filet sandwich stand, which is evidently right next to Shake Shack. But it is a filet mignon sandwich with caramelized onions. Melted Swiss cheese and a toasted bun. It is absolutely delicious. And it, uh, sometimes I get both. In in this first or second inning, I'll get the filet sandwich. And then come seventh inning stretch, I would get the get the, sh- the shake shack. But Patla Frida sandwich is absolutely delicious. And anyone who visits City Field, I implore you to go to the Patla Frida stand. Absolutely delicious. And that is my list.
0: What, whenever, wherever you're listening to this podcast. I really hope it's not right before eating or right before going to the grocery store or something like that. Because this might this might be an unhealthy influence because yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. You want to break your
2: new year's resolution? Listen to this.
0: <laughs> My list is nowhere near as populated with you know uh different stadiums. It's that's a bucket, that's definitely a bucket list for me, though, to to go. Go across the country, see different stadiums, different arenas, see what they have to offer. But I'm sticking with what I know. What I know is Iowa City, uh, with one exception to the rule, and which I'll get there. At number five, I have a classic hot pretzel with cheese. Now, the reason why this isn't higher, because this is one of my favorites to get, just classic soft pretzel with cheese. One of the reasons why this isn't higher is because stadiums, can oftentimes get this messed up because you'll either get one of those amazing warm soft pretzels and just delish or you're going to get one of those rock hard things that's harder than a rock if you bang it against a cement seat it'll make a dent into the cement type of hard uh, it's
2: just ripping it and dipping it. You got to take a chainsaw <laughs> a part of the, the, the pretzel.
0: It, it can be a great time or a terrible time. It's there's there's not any in between. So that's why I have it there. five. And
2: and I, I kind of want to throw in just one more thing. Uh, you you add it with the cheese sauce to the side. Mm. If you dip it in mustard. I hate you. Okay, keep going. Oh
0: yeah, no kidding. Who? Uh, I. If you dip it in mustard, I don't know if we can be friends. Uh, I agree with you, yeah. Keegan. <laughs> mustard sucks. On to number four, I am not putting mustard on this thing. I have a bratwurst at number four. I understand the hot dog and i like a big fan of ballpark hot dogs, but bratwursts it's bigger, it's better. I'm a big fan of bratwurst. At number three... I got a frozen lemonade. I grew up getting this all the time at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Just a little cup of frozen lemonade. Nothing. The wooden wooden stick. The wooden stick to try and (laughs) and get it out. For the first few minutes, whenever I was a little kid getting it, the first few minutes as it was starting to thaw a little bit, it was always a bit of an issue for me because I could never quite Mm -hmm. use that wooden stick right.
2: And when I think of frozen lemonade, I think of the kind of those traveling vendors, you know, walk around the stadium. Mm
0: Yeah.
1: The minute made ones, the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Classic.
0: At number two, this is a bucket list item for me. I have not yet had this, but it follows the same idea as some of the ones we've already had on this list. At Lambeau Field, the number two, I have the bacon blitz bread. What this is, is it's bread wrapped in bacon and then the inside of the bread. Is cheese and this sounds delicious. Lambeau Field, as a Packers fan, it's a place that I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't still haven't been to yet at 22 years of age, but I'm going there sometime. And when I do, I'm gonna have this bacon blitz bread because it looks and sounds delicious. And then, number one, it's what I've been raised on from Carver Hawk Arena, the Carver Cone. You mentioned it, Sam, you know, just this classic cone. Practically a foot high, and is filled with ice cream goodness. You can't go wrong with it. The Carver Cone, it's a great time.
1: Speaking of Carver Cones, one of the wildest moments was a uh, buddy of ours, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> got a Carver Cone and a bucket of popcorn, and he dipped the cone in popcorn. Oh, he wow. coated the
2: outside <laughs> Of his cone and popcorn, which, I mean, salty and sweet is a thing. That's true. But that, I mean, that that took it a, to, to the next level, which yeah. was a little bit bizarre.
0: If they can't... can't I'll,
2: never, I'll never forget that.
0: That can't buck it till you try it, I guess, but...
2: I mean, I, like, I did try it. And frankly, there were worse things. I, also <laughs> not, I mean, it it wasn't bad, but, you know.
0: Yeah. Speaking of popcorn, that's the one common, you know, stadium food that none of us listed so, is popcorn just overrated? Is it the inconsistency of popcorn? Why did none of us have that on there?
2: I mean, I think popcorn is appropriately rated, but I mean, I have a filet mignon sandwich, a cheeseburger, <laughs> um, an authentic Philly cheesesteak, cheese fried cheese with more cheese on
0: top. <laughs> more cheese, I mean, popcorn. Sorry, just sorry popcorn with that, like, <laughs> like
2: it's good, don't get me wrong. Although, and sometimes at stadiums, it gets a little rough because I mean, obviously, they want to buy more drinks so they mm. just dump the salt on there which yeah. can get a little yeah a little bit too much but but like i like popcorn as much as the next guy but it can't compete with fried cheese with more cheese on top so
0: no kidding i need to get me some fried cheese more cheese so that sounds like a good time american Word.
2: family life american in family milwaukee life. when you're hit when you're
0: hitting lambo just yeah no kidding. Just, <laughs> just swing by we're going to go ahead and head to a quick break here. When we get back, we're going to get to a punishment as well as some pickums, and as well as the question of the episode. But before that, we're going, to have a, we're going to have a quick break. So we'll see you on the other side. So we have the results for the month of December, and it reads as such. Uh, Sam and I tied for first. In the month of December, in pickums, going a blazing 15 and 15. It was not a good month for pickums for us. We struggled. Sam and I were barely able to hang above water right at 500. Tanner was two games behind us for the month, going 13 and 17. It was really close down the stretch this past weekend because we picked so many games, because there were so many great games to pick. If Utah hadn't blown the lead in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State, we would have had a three-way tie. And, and I also, I also
2: <laughs> had Notre Dame, and I think both of oh. you guys had an Oklahoma State. So yes. Notre Dame also smoked a, a, a four-touchdown, three-touchdown lead. That's
1: so. right.
0: Because of big-blown leads for that, Tanner has a punishment. And so what – yeah, Tanner, just uh, I'm just going to give you the floor. What? What's the punishment for uh, today?
2: So – I was given a few options, but I think the most relevant and and I think what would create the best content here is a a letter in support of Mike Zimmer
1: <laughs>
2: keeping his job as the Minnesota Vikings head coach. So without further ado, here we go. First off, I address this to whom it may concern. I would write it to, to the GM, uh, Rick Spielman, but he might get fired too. So there's no guarantee that he's even going to be there. So to whom it may concern, I do not know your intended plans regarding head coach Mike Zimmer, but I wanted to make sure you have all the facts before you reach your decision. First off, he is a 73-59-1 as the Minnesota Vikings head coach when the Vikings were 24-39 the four years prior to him taking the reins. With that being said, we have seen Mike Mike Zimmer's brand of football can win in the NFL. Forget the fact that almost all Super Bowl winners in recent years have had advanced offensive philosophies, and had relied on the passing game. Forget all that. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. They made the Super Bowl a couple years ago playing stellar defense and running the football. In 2017, the Minnesota Vikings made the NFC Championship because that defense was good enough for, for that Mike Zimmer system to work. But hey, with the current makeup of this Viking team, I mean, it's much easier to completely upgrade the offensive line and that's been a problem for multiple years now and much easier to upgrade the aging and injury prone defense that Mike Zimmer loves to loves to rely on than it is to replace the head coach right i mean that that it's, it's easier to replace all that than than replacing the head coach and frankly if that didn't convince you maybe this will do it mike zimmer is tied for number 1 on super bowls won in vikings head coach history he has won <laughs> the exact same amount as every single coach in team history. <laughs> Mediocrity is in this team's DNA. So the Mike Zimmer Vikings marriage is one made in heaven.
0: <laughs> oh, that was great. I mean, you make a compelling argument. I mean, just a few changes and Mike Zimmer's system will work again. It really sounds more like it's been the GM's fault that hasn't been giving system what, yeah. he, Zimmer what he needs for his system. So it really needs a GM change. Not a head coaching change. Kirk Cousins
2: will start at quarterback. Breaking news, Kirk Cousins is starting at quarterback in the meanless week 18 against the Chicago Bears.
0: Hey, it'll uh, it'll help your draft stock. Will it? (laughs) No, it won't. (laughs) Baker has
1: been benched. Baker's been benched. Case Keenum getting the start in the regular season finale against the Bengals.
0: We got big breaking news here for both of your favorite teams.
2: I just I, I just got the notification and th- this is live here. I, I just opened up Twitter and someone had bought a cameo from Antonio Brown and asked him to say that the Vikings should let Mike Zimmer fix them and that he's the best of the best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to listen to this. Thanks, Tanner, for putting your all into the punishment. That was in- and <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. And I hope I hope the Vikings listen to you because. As a Packers fan, I've thoroughly enjoyed majority of Mike Zimmer's career there, especially in recent memory. But with December and December's punishment out of the way, let's start making new records for January. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with the biggest game of the weekend. This one will be on Monday, and that will be the College Football National Championship. We have Alabama and Georgia, the All-SEC Championship game. Georgia's favored by three here just a few weeks after getting blown out by Alabama. Let's see how this one plays out. Who are we picking here between Georgia and Bama?
1: Fun fact of the day, Kirby Smart has not beat Nick Saban since his tenure at Georgia, and I think that streak continues. I got the tide in this one.
2: Wrong. Mm -hmm. I... Think
1: that trend
2: stops and you go ahead and look at these teams throughout the season I mean they are number one and number two that has been apparent but as I said kind of on the last episode there are more instances of Alabama being vulnerable than Georgia yes in their last matchup it was not particularly close Georgia struggled in the passing game Alabama is going to be without one of those two star wide receivers that dominated when they played Georgia has not looked vulnerable and only really has in this game. This is sports, crazy things happen. And that's why I think kind of the public opinion has been too quickly swayed from the at first Alabama-Georgia game. I think the teams are kind of what they've shown throughout the season, which is that Georgia is a little bit better. And with that being said, with the injury to John Mechie, I think Georgia gets their revenge finally and wins the national championship.
0: One of the concerns that I had for Georgia following the Bamba game was... How well uh, Stenson Bennett was going to be playing uh, their their new quarterback against Michigan last week, and he came out to play and he did a great job. And <laughs> Georgia, in a as whole as a whole, did a great job against Michigan in that blowout. Stenson Bennett threw for over 300 yards with three tuds, no turnovers. So they did a great job rebounding from that Alabama loss. Where does that bring them? Back to Bama. So. I can't find myself picking against Nick Saban. I think that's what it boils down to. I really like what Alabama does on all sides of the ball. I like what Bryce Young, the Heisman winner, brings to the table. Even without Nechie, their best wide receiver, they have no lack of talent in the wide receiving core, even without him. Sam, what did you say earlier about Kirby Smart and Nick Saban? Kirby Smart has never beaten Nick Saban. When the moment is brightest, you find out who people really are. And we've seen what Georgia has been against Bama in these brightest moments. Can they finally change that? We'll see come Monday. I don't project them to, and I'll be taking Alabama. Let's switch over to the NFL. We have Cowboys and Eagles on Saturday night. Both of these teams have clinched a playoff spot. So this is just kind of for bragging rights here. The Cowboys are trying to get a better one, uh, trying to get a better seed in the NFC. The one seed's all locked up there, but still trying to get a better seed. And the Eagles, once again, just trying to get a better seed. Both teams have already clinched a playoff spot. So with that, who wins the game between the boys and the Eagles?
2: I still got the Cowboys here. Uh, you mentioned the, the key thing is that this is for bragging rights and seeding. As it stands right now, there is a possibility that Arizona goes back to. AT&T stadium in that wild card round and the Cowboys just lost to the Cardinals. So they do not want that matchup. They would like to jump in the standings and they're going to, their play is going to show it. And I like the Cowboys going into, uh, going into the link and getting the win.
1: Great take Tanner. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think the Cowboys have a little sour taste in their <clears throat> mouth from last week. I think they should have ended up winning that game and they have more to play for. They don't want to see that Cardinals team again this soon. So I got the Cowboys.
0: It's really wild when you look at the NFC, you see the Packers, Rams, Buccaneers, Cowboys, and Cardinals. One of those teams, at least one of those teams, won't make the second round of the playoffs in the NFC. And like you guys have said, the Cowboys want none of that smoke just after losing to the Cardinals this past week. The next game we'll be talking about are the Steelers and the Ravens. The Steelers and the Ravens here, they're both on the outside looking in. One winning eliminates the other from playoff contention. So who gets it done here between Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers or the potentially Lamar Jackson-less Ravens?
1: I, I like the Steelers in this one. I think they want to make the playoffs one last ride with Big Ben. And I think they get it done here.
2: Sam, you're wrong again. I think the Ravens get it done here at home. I, I just like that offense, even, even without um, – Lamar Jackson. We saw what Tyler Huntley can do against against Green Bay, making that a close game and a two point conversion away from from winning. And I think there there's a possibility for for a little bit of a hangover effect, a very emotional win for the Steelers in in Pittsburgh, especially for Big Ben.
0: Between these two teams, it's pretty much going to be whoever can score 21st. Because when you look at how their offenses have been in previous games, in the last two games against the Rams and the Bengals for the Ravens, they have scored 19 points last week and then 21 points. And then you take a look at Pittsburgh, a late score in the fourth quarter gave the Gave the Steelers 26 points, but then they scored 10 the week before that against the Chiefs and 19 the week before that against the Titans. So it's pretty much whoever gets to 21st, which offense do you trust more? Because both of these defenses are stout. I like the Ravens to get this win here. They went up against a much tougher opponent in the L.A. Rams this past week. Pretty much stressed them out just as far as they could. Uh, the Rams were barely able to get come back and get that win after they're down two scores in the second half. So I like the Ravens to continue this momentum of playing good teams close and they're going to tr- be trying to make a playoff push with or without Lamar Jackson. I like this Ravens offense a lot more than I like Big Ben throwing 46 passes for over under 150 yards like that that offense is anemic in Pittsburgh something needs to change that change is going to be a quarterback so we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh in the future but for right now give me Baltimore another game where one team is looking for seeding and another team is looking to clinch that would be the Rams and the 49ers the Rams are trying to lock up the NFC West after the Cardinals got a win against the Cowboys last week and the 49ers also in that division just trying to make it to the playoffs. So who gets it done here between the Rams and the Niners?
2: I like the Rams. I like the talent. They're they're starting to hit their stride since that three-game losing streak earlier in November. Uh, They're starting to work in OBJ more, getting to to learn that offense and and, and getting that talent in there as well. Him and Cooper Cup can can be as good as it gets as a wide-receiving duo. So I like the way the Rams are sitting, and and I think they'll continue that momentum into the playoffs. So I got the Rams –
1: Another fantastic pick, Tanner. I also have the Rams. I, I agree with you, Tanner. I think they're hitting their stride at the perfect moment. I think they uh, get get done against the 49ers this week.
0: We got Rams across the board. They struggled in that offense, anyways. Struggled in the first half against the Ravens. Stafford threw two interceptions. But when the moment was brightest, when they needed to make a play for the win, they got the win. The Niners haven't proved that they can do that. So I'll go with the Rams probably in a closer game than people think the last game of the week, the last game of the NFL, regular season, Chargers Raiders win and you're in, this is going to be a very interesting game. Both teams playing for all the marbles An interesting caveat of this game is if the Indianapolis Colts lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars and which, you know, why would they lose? But then again, The Colts haven't beaten the Jaguars in Jacksonville since 2014. So who knows? Crazier things have happened in the NFL. But if that does happen, the Jaguars beat the Colts. A tie in this game would send both of these teams to the NFL playoffs. So take a peek at that Colts-Jags game, see what happens there. But assuming that these teams have something to play for, they're not just trying to tie for both teams to make it in, which I don't think would happen anyways. Chargers and Raiders... Who's making it to the playoffs between these two teams?
1: You know, I've I've rode the Chargers train for a while and it's really gotten me nowhere. Um, and I've just been overlooking this Las Vegas Raiders team, but that ends today. I got the Raiders here.
2: Sam, Sam, Sam.
1: <laughs> I disagree. I
2: I'm I'm sticking with the Chargers here. I just think that offense is too much with everything the Raiders have gone through. I think this hump is just, like I said, a little bit too much. And I think the Raiders or the Chargers will come in to Las Vegas, get the win and make the playoffs.
0: Steve Tanner, I think that's where you're wrong. Cause I think that's exactly why they're going to get it done because of all the adversity, this Raiders team has been through losing a head coach, losing your best wide receiver partway through the year. Everybody wrote the Raiders off after both of those things happened. And what have the Raiders done in this past three weeks? When their backs were against the wall, they were 6-7. and seven. They've done nothing but win against the Browns, Broncos, and Colts. Each time they played those teams, those teams were also fighting for their playoff lives. The Browns have since been eliminated. The Broncos since been eliminated. The Colts win and they're in their end against the Jags. Uh, the Colts, when they were playing them, they were the hottest team in football. Everyone- I'll give you the
2: Colts. Colt was an impressive win. The other two don't impress me in the, in the slightest, but go ahead.
0: That's fair. If you look back to what this team has done at other moments in this season, like being the Cowboys and over time, that was a great win for them. This team has been really strange at any time that I've written them off. They've proved me wrong. So I'm trying to hedge my bet here. I'm trying to not be proven wrong again, because in my mind, everything is telling me to pick the Chargers, because they've been the more impressive team throughout the season. I really like Justin Herbert and the future that this team has. They have more weapons in, uh, for LA. Simply put, I don't really get why, but I just have a feeling that the Raiders are going to prove my thoughts, my gut wrong again, because my gut tells me Chargers, and because of that, I'm going with the Raiders. We'll be wrapping this episode up with questions of the day. Friend of the show, Griffin Woodall. Thanks for the question. What are some sporting events, teams, or games that need a 30 for 30?
1: So I got three here. I just couldn't pick one. One of them is the kick six with Alabama-Auburn. One of the greatest college football games I've ever witnessed and that crazy ending, the memorable call by the Auburn uh, radio uh, announcer. And then... Michael Phelps um, winning eight gold medals in 2008, one of the greatest Olympic achievements. And then this one kind of just popped in my head, uh, the fall of Anthony Bennett. For those of you who don't remember, he he got drafted number one overall by the Cleveland Cavaliers and hasn't been heard from since, really. Just seeing what... (laughs) <laughs> what he's up to now i think would be really interesting because he's on honestly considered one of the biggest busts in all of the sports but i think that'd be pretty cool
0: yeah i think if uh 30 for 30 can make like a it doesn't even need to be a full series but like do a do a little like 30 for 30 shorts just call the series busts and just talk about different different busts different top picks that just didn't pan out. I think a lot of people are tuned into that.
2: The uh, this could be a little bit of personal bias, probably is. But the of course, the first uh, moment that popped into my head was the Minneapolis Miracle, mm. and and talking through that, and uh, for, even fr- from a backup quarterback, no less, kind of kind of leading that comeback. Or, or a, he started most of that year, but a perennial backup quarterback. And I think that is particularly well suited for for a thirty for thirty. And then in some teams, I think we've had some kind of weird years in baseball with the with the Washington Nationals and now Atlanta Braves winning the World Series with some of the worst records to to go on and make the playoffs. And I know at least the Washington Nationals started like nineteen and thirty three through mm-hmm. their first fifty or so games. So talking through through those teams uh, I think is is another one that could be particularly interesting.
0: Yeah, I couldn't choose just one for 30 for 30 because there's so many things that jump to my mind. Um, oh, as well as this one, uh, I think a 30 for 30 on the rise and fall of Antonio Brown would be kind of interesting. This dude that was a sixth round draft pick becoming one of the best wide receivers in the league, only for what's happened this past week and these last few years in the descent of Antonio Brown's career. That would be really interesting. Uh, where I think a, a 30 for 30 into the bubble in the NBA, I think that would be a really fascinating the day-to-day lives of these NBA athletes as they're trying to not only just, you know, survive, not trying to get contract the virus in the bubble and trying to win a championship away from their families, friends, all their social circles. Uh, but the one that I think I want to see the most Virginia basketball after mm. losing in the first round in 2018, being the first ever one seed to fall to winning the national championship just, just the next year. I think, I that, like that. I think that's got to be one of the greatest stories in sports. Uh, the, the next question that we have, what is your least favorite city that you've ever visited? This one comes from Ryan Kearney.
2: One that kind of pops, pops into my mind. I mentioned earlier that I've <clears throat> that I've tried to to get, go around and and see a bunch of MLB stadiums, and, and one of the stadiums that that I was lucky enough to go see was Comerica Park in Detroit. And uh, the 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 stay in Detroit wasn't very long, um, because it was kind of on our, on our way through through a road trip. But I'm the areas that I saw of Detroit were not places that I kind of wanted to spend uh, spend some time. So I, I think, I think Detroit is, is one. And then another one is I, I went to a San Francisco Giants game in San Francisco. There were cool parts of San Francisco, but there were also some not less cool parts of San Francisco and right on the water there, you get some great seafood, but the problem is it smells like seafood. And sometimes uh-huh. the, the smell got a little overwhelming. Uh, but th- those were two that popped into my mind as, as the least favorite cities i visited
1: yeah one uh that sticks out to me is uh paris france actually really? and i th- i think it's not the city's fault but the weather was just horrible it was cold uh, it was rainy uh foggy couldn't even go up in the eiffel tower uh, so kind of a debbie downer on visiting paris so that would be my answer
0: yeah that's a bummer. Do you plan on going back to try and get some better weather for you?
1: You know, pro- I probably should. Yeah, yeah right. That's one of those things. But I think, yeah. that, just that experience has kind of drawn me away from going back. Sure. But I, I'll definitely go back. Yeah.
0: You know, time heals all wounds. They say, and I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> I think in time, a significant other of yours might uh, get a little frustrated if you never want to go back.
1: Yeah, she's mentioned uh, to me that she wants to go to Paris.
0: But... Ah, so she she might get you to go back. <laughs> Maybe. <We'll> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> my, I really haven't been to many places that I didn't really enjoy. Uh, my answer to this question, it'll be a place that I've driven through. Several years ago, my family had the great idea of driving to Florida from Iowa instead of flying. And so we drove through a lot of really cool cities and whatnot. But when we decided to drive through Atlanta, turns out that was a mistake. People talk about Atlanta traffic, and that thing's real. As soon as we entered the city of Atlanta, it seemed like we were just at a stop for hours on end. And I'm sure Atlanta's a great city, got plenty of things to do. But it's, it's the most cars I've seen in one spot ever. I have no intentions of ever driving myself through Atlanta. If someone else is driving me, that's fine. But... If I'm driving somewhere and I can have the excuse of avoiding that area, I will, because I don't want to get stuck, stuck in that bumper to bumper traffic again. The last question that we have here on the episode, what is a New Year's resolution for your favorite sports team?
2: One of the teams is, is one that we all share, but but for for football in particular, don't don't be afraid to make changes. And, and that's particularly relevant to, to the Vikings. And obviously that's something that uh, we've talked about. And I have made my point clear. I would like Mike Zimmer to stay. Um, but, and this goes for Iowa as well, um, that, that you kind of saw, as we've talked about on the podcast, in the bowl game, what is wrong with this Iowa philosophy? Because I know they are college kids and I know that the, the talent in terms of, of, of a college team like Iowa is kind of a revolving door but when, you, when you're losing games because of the coaching, that cannot happen. And I think that is an area that, that Iowa, the athletic department, needs to look at, that, at the football coaching and, and, and really see if there are changes that need to be made. And I think all of us agree that the answer is yes. So that would be my New Year's resolution for, for, for my football teams is, is go ahead and make changes because uh, the, the game is moving away from you and away from your style.
1: Yeah, I uh, went to Hardwood. I think one of us was going to talk about Iowa football. So I went to Hardwood. And that is the OKC Thunder. Um My New Year's resolution for them is get as many draft picks as you can. Because <laughs> we, we want to get Bronny. And with Bronny, we get LeBron.
0: <laughs> so Keep on my, on. Yeah.
1: And then for the Browns, um Get rid of Baker, please. <laughs> um, have turkey guys, take Kirky guys. <laughs> have a plan. That that's all I'll say on that matter.
0: For the one seeded Green Bay Packers, the New Year's resolution is just get healthy. Get back those guys that you've lost so far this year. Get David Battiari back, the all-pro left tackle. Get Jair Alexander back the all pro corner, get backs and Darius Smith, the all pro pass rusher. If you can get all three of those guys back, it's essentially as if you made a big trade deadline splash without trading any pieces away. You don't give anything up. You just get better. This team has been one of the best teams in football, even without all those pieces. So if you can get that back right before the playoffs, right before making a big playoff push, just get healthy. That is my New Year's resolution for the Green Bay Packers. For my Los Angeles Clippers, it's the same thing. Get healthy. Get back on the court, Paul George. Get back on the court, Kawhi Leonard. Both of the stars in L.A. for the Clippers have been injured. Uh, They probably won't get them back for this playoffs. So my New Year's resolution for the Clippers is just a healthy 2022-2023 Basketball season because just give me a full season, regular season playoffs. I just want to see it once. What can this team do when they're not choking in in the bubble? Just let me see it one more time before Kawhi Leonard inevitably leaves for another franchise because he's just hopping around place to place. So those are my New Year's resolutions for the Green Bay Packers and the LA Clippers. Earlier in the episode, we talked about stadium foods and beverages. We'll be making a graphic with our top fives. Let us know what your favorite stadium foods and beverages are. You can go ahead and let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok when we throw those out there at crunch time underscore pod. But that will go ahead and wrap it up for episode 31. Make sure to throw us a follow on all of those places. Again, that's Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at crunchtime underscore pod. The clock has now run out on this episode. But we'll see you in the next one on Crunch Time.